keep your seats this morning. I want to read into your hearing a passage of scripture in the New Testament record, book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 4. I want to take a look at verse 1 on today, book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show these things which must be hereafter. I want to talk about there is an open door. There is an open door. I think the title alone ought to be encouraging to somebody that's listening who's experienced some closed doors in your life. Of course, when you look at the history of our people throughout America, you readily recognize that ever since we've been on these shores, we as a people have always known something about closed doors. Those who sought to oppress us from slavery did so with the cruel intentions of holding us down, holding us behind closed and locked doors. They sought to keep doors of opportunity closed before us. All through the years, doors of opportunity to education, to freedom, civil rights, to equal and fair housing, to health care, to political representation, to access to banking capital. Mm -hmm. We as a people have always known something about being confronted with closed doors. Yeah. However, when you look further into that matter of slavery, you readily recognize that those who sought to oppress us by keeping doors closed on us made one tactical mistake. While they put all that they could on us from Monday through Saturday, the one tactical mistake they made was that on Sunday morning, they let us have church. Maybe if they had not done that, we would have been still in the same predicament we were in. But when they let us have church, yeah. we hooked up with this brother named Jesus. Yeah. And we found out God could take closed doors working against us and turn them into open doors working for us. And when, really, when you look at the history of our people, that's really all God has been doing for us across the years. He's been taking the stuff that had been set up to hinder our way, turning it around and using the same stuff to help us on our way. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but uh, you've got to understand whatever the enemy tried to use against you to take you under, you need to know God can use the same thing to take you over. I thought I'd bring a word of encouragement to someone today to let you know that whatever setbacks, whatever obstacles, whatever closed doors have been in your way to block you, to stop your progress, when you turn it over to God, God can take what the enemy put in your way, turn it around to work in your favor. In other words, if you turn it over to him, he can turn it around for you. Somebody ought to be encouraged. No, there's a word from the Lord. He told me to tell you it's your season for open doors. 
Can you help me preach today? Turn to somebody and tell them it's a new season. It's a season of open doors. Doesn't matter what, what, what you encountered the past season, no matter what you lost, no matter what goals you feel short of, no matter what doors have been closed in front of you, I'm here to tell you it's going to be a season of open doors. Now somebody's listening to me, you're saying, well, Pastor Curry, you don't know how much I needed to hear that word today. I accept it, I received it, but how can you stand there and say with such conviction and with such a certainty and with such a surety that this season, my next season, is going to be the season of doors opening in my favor? Well, listen, that's a great question. Let me give you the answer. I can declare it with conviction and a certainty to you because uh, John the Revelator in the Word says, After this I looked. You missed it. He says, after this, yeah. I looked. Yeah, yeah. After this, I, that, that means it's in the past tense. Yeah. He says, I saw a door open. Yeah. You're not getting it. Listen, he didn't say I looked and I saw a door that might be getting ready to open. Yeah. He didn't say I, I saw a door that might be in the process of opening. Uh -huh. He says, no, behold, I looked and a door was already open. Yeah. And I heard a voice. What did the voice say? It said not to go down, but to come up. Mm. And so the reason I can declare it with conviction, confidence, and certainty that this is going to be your season of open doors because I discovered there are a whole lot of doors that had been closed that are already opened. But the problem is you're just not on the level where the door is. All right. That's why the voice says, come up hither. Yeah. Not go down, but come up hither. Because the issue for so many who don't think there are any more opportunities out there, there are no more open doors out there, is simply because they are not on the level where the doors are open. All right. Listen, he says, I saw a door open. Where did you see it? He says, I saw a door open in heaven. Yeah. It's on a higher level. And so although the doors are open, a whole lot of us are just not on the level where the doors are. Mm -hmm. Listen, you've got to understand doors are not going to come down to your level. Yeah. If you're going to obtain access, you've got to go up to the level where the doors are. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh -huh. So don't get you know, bogged down with folks talking about there no more opportunities out here, no more jobs. Uh, no, no, you're you just not on the level where the job is. Yeah. Somebody said there's no more good men out here, no more good women. No, no, there are plenty of nice Christian men and women out here who love the Lord. They're not looking for a handout and all that. They got their own job, uh, drive their own car. But listen, let me throw this in for free. It's time out for our sisters lowering their standards just to get a man. Right? Yeah. Don't lower your standards down for a man on his level. You ought to make him raise his standards up to the level where you already are. I just yeah. that in for free. <laughs> We're going to walk into what God has for us. Sometimes we just got to take it to another level. Sometimes you just got to force people around you to step up their game. And so I thought I'd bring a word of encouragement today. It's Graduate Sunday. And listen, uh, whatever situation you find yourself in, whenever it seems like you're facing closed doors of circumstances, I'm here to tell you it's a new season. It's a season of open doors. John says, after this, I looked and the door was open. What happened, John? John says, I heard a voice. A voice saying, come up hither and I'm going to show you what must be hereafter. In other words, come up 
And I'm going to show you what I'm going to do in your life. Yeah. Uh, I know it's in the book of Revelation and so many people get intimidated by the book of Revelation. But listen, the text is literally pregnant with praise. Yeah. Uh, it's enlightening and encouraging because it says, after this, I looked and saw, which suggests that whatever John the Revelator is seeing now, he did not see it until after he had gone through this. Uh, he's seen something now he had not seen before, which suggests God will sometimes allow you to go through all of this just so you can better see all of that. Uh, isn't it interesting that uh, when you look at a whole lot of the major advances uh, in, in the history of our struggle in America, uh, so often it takes place uh, after great attacks from the enemy. Uh, you, you remember from uh, uh, the attacks of the slave masters, uh, 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 it led to the slave revolts of Nat Turner and Denmark Vesey, yeah. and others. It, it was after the beating in the head of Harriet Tubman by a metal weight uh, that blurred her vision, but God ended up giving him her a divine vision to start what is known now as the Underground Railroad. Yeah. It was the denial of a seat to Rosa Parks that caused people to finally stand up and unite together for boycotts. Mm -hmm. It was the bombing of the church in Alabama where four girls lost their lives. Yeah. Uh, that ended up giving a greater thrust for the civil rights movement in America. Mm -hmm. All right, you're not giving... Listen, it was eight years of George Bush yeah. that made a way for Barack Obama. And, yeah. and, and so I just can't wait to see what God is doing with this message in the White House right now. Yeah. I'm just trying to tell you, God will allow you to go through some things, yeah. preach Curry, in order to better see some things. Yeah. Listen, somebody's in a trying period right now, and you've been wondering why God is allowing you to be in this, but understand that sometimes you're in this so that you can become enlightened, so you can see some things you would not have been able to see had you not gone through this. Yeah. And what you're going to see now as a result of going through this is going to help you on your way up to that. Yeah, yeah, And so he says, after this, I looked and I was able to see. Uh, understand there was a time when his condition was so chaotic and cloudy, he really couldn't see. But now that he's on the other side of this, listen to me, you got to know when you're going through a lot of this, God always has a blessing on the other side of what you're going through. Yeah. There's a blessing on the other side of through. There's yeah. a blessing waiting for you. Yeah. And now that John's on the other side of this, uh, he realizes that uh, although your optics might be misty every now and then, Listen, you've got to remain optimistic even through your misty optics. Yes. Right. Because your view won't be misty all the time. Right, right. Preach, Curry. God has a process for your progress and a perfecting for your promotion. Yeah. And so although my contacts might be cloudy right now, but when the dust settles, yeah. and you missed a shot right there because it is going to settle. Yeah. Others might look at you right now and say you're not going to You may not look much to others right now, but I'm here to tell you when the dust settles, yeah. the Bible says the stone which the builders rejected, yeah. hey, has become now the chief cornerstone. Yeah. 
it was the Lord doing and it was marvelous in our eyes. Yeah. You ain't getting yeah. me. The old hymn writer put it this way. We often tossed and driven yeah. on the restless seas of time, somber skies and howling tempests. Off succeed, I don't know the old hymn. Off succeed the bright sunshine, but oh, in that land, the perfect day. Yes. When the mist has rolled away, we'll understand it better by and by. John says, after this, I looked. Yeah, it's interesting to me because sometimes, listen, it takes a whole lot uh, to go through all of the this we have to go through and keep our eyes open. Uh, sometimes our problems can be so problematic and traumatic. Uh, 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 it it seems like we just do better to close our eyes while we're trying to get through it. Uh, somehow many of us think if we don't open our eyes to what's going on, uh, it might somehow lighten the load or might somehow minimize the effect of what we're going through. I hear folks say, don't claim this and don't claim that. Uh, as if not claiming it is going to stop it from happening. <laughs> You might as well go ahead and claim it. It's claiming you. Yeah. You see, if you don't claim the stuff you're going through, when God delivers you from it, you won't be inclined to give him praise yeah. for going through what you went through. Can I preach it like I feel it? Yeah. I wish I had some claim or praises in here. You're not in denial over all the stuff you've been through. No, you claim it, but then you got enough sense to thank God for bringing you through it. Won't he do it? Well, how are you able to keep your eyes open and with the expectancy? Uh, well, listen, John is able to do that because he's expecting and anticipating what God is able to send his way. Listen, some people become so stressed out. They become so discouraged. Uh, even uh, 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 just as soon as they see a closed door. Uh, uh, some folks just, so, just get so stressed out seen a closed door, they never even venture forward to the door. They've allowed racism, sexism, uh, they've allowed the enemy to intimidate them just by the sight of closed doors. But I stop by to tell you, you ought not ever let closed doors stop you from pursuing your dreams. That's not just a word for graduates, that's a word for everybody in here today. I've had some closed doors in my life, but when I persevered and kept the faith, can I tell you what I found out about closed doors? Come on, ask me so I can tell you. Since you all up in my Kool-Aid, let me tell you, I found out every closed door is not a locked door. All right. Is this mic still on? I said every closed door it's not a locked door. Sometimes you just need enough faith to go to the door and turn the knob. Uh, but in order to get to the door, you got to keep your eyes on the prize. God is trying to show you something, but you got to come up in order to see it. And so listen, John, uh, the revelator in the text, he's an older man now at the time of the text. And the Bible says it was on the Lord's day. Listen, he's been exiled from his home. Uh, he's been banished uh, out to this rugged island called Patmos. Yeah. He's away from friends and comrades and loved ones. But notice throughout all of this, what his enemies intended as isolation, yeah. heaven ordained as revelation. Yeah. Now, the Roman government put John on the island of Patmos for punishment, mm -hmm. but heaven allowed John on the island of Patmos really for privilege. Yeah. Meaning that the enemy meant it for his failure, but God turned around and used it for his favor. Anybody in here know what the enemy meant for evil? God can still use for your good. 
so John sees a door that's open, hears a voice saying, come up, uh, come up because there's some other things I want to show you. But first you have to be open to what God is trying to show you and then be willing to go up. Whenever a great opportunity lies ahead of you, uh, so often you'll hear two voices. One will tell you to come come down or stay where you are. Yeah, yeah. But there's another voice that I'll tell you, come on up higher. Yeah. Every day you'll be confronted with these choices. Uh, negative influences at school uh, will tell you, why bother anymore? You studied enough. Whatever's going to happen, just going to happen. You've done enough to get by. But there will be another voice that will let you know anything worth doing. Yeah. It's worth you doing the best that you can. If you do it the best that you can, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. So the question today, what choice will you make? Two voices. One is to come down or stay where you are. Don't take all of that. You've done enough already for the church and for others. But the other voice says, no, come on up higher. Strive to operate on a higher level. Most voices are speaking. Every day we're confronted with these choices. And listen, I don't know about you, but I've already made up my mind. Since I received the invitation to go to the next level, I'm not going to settle where I am right here. I'm going up because there's some stuff you can only see when you go up on the next level. There's some exposure you can't experience on the down low. Preach, Pastor Curry. I'll do the best I can. So if this is going to be your season of open doors, remember doors are not coming down to where you are. You've got to go up to where the open doors are already been opened. Then understand the significance of John's incarceration and all of this. He's on lockdown. He's on lockdown. But God wants him to look up so he can walk in so God can hook him up. You got that? Did I say that? Well, I was was talking too fast. I said he's on lockdown. But now God wants him to look up so he can walk in so God can hook him up. Yeah, 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 yeah. They say third time fifth. Understand the significance of John's incarceration and all of this? Mm-hmm. He's on lockdown. Yeah. God says, look up. Yeah. So you can walk in. Yeah. So God can hook you up. Yeah. John, realize John was dealing with much in his life. Yeah. Captivity, being isolated. And so perhaps the this that John had to go through dealt with his incarceration. John had to deal with incarceration. You understand, because of his commitment to Christ and his cause. And as a result of his commitment, he finds himself locked down. Uh, uh, when you look again at our history in this country, uh, certainly we ought to be able to identify with John. We know what it means to be locked up. Matter of fact, somebody in here listening to me now, you, you, you've been locked up. It may not be physically locked up. It might be financial, social, mental, emotional, even spiritual for some. Maybe you feel like you're being held hostage with some hurt in your past you can't seem to get over. Maybe you're feeling down and locked up because of disappointments in relationships. Maybe you're feeling weak and unable to come out of certain situations. Maybe you're feeling fixed in by finances that are fleeing and seem to be failing. You're dressed up on the outside, but you're really locked up on the inside. Uh, maybe you've been in prison with uh, those prison guards named Bill. Uh, maybe it's your gas bill, your light bill, your power bill, your, your phone, even your cable bill. Somebody's tied up with some notes. 
your condos, your house, no. One thing after another. Incarceration is about being in a situation with limitations. And you feel as if your limitations have limited your options. And if you're not careful, your limitations can end up clouding your observation. And it's interesting because John, again, is not in prison for anything uh, he's done wrong. But John finds himself incarcerated Again, because of his commitment to Christ. Why is it, Paul says, when I try to do good, looks like evil is right there riding beside me. Well, you got to understand, there's something, get this, there's something about the aroma and scent of a saint Mm. that arouses demonic attention. Yeah, you're right. You've been wondering why you're getting stung here and there? There's something about your aroma and scent that arouses demonic attention. Mm -hmm. There's something about a child of God that causes hell's radar to turn on a siren of hateration. Uh, That's why others who who, who say they got more than you have still can't stand you. You've been trying to figure out what you did to them to make them act like they act. But sometimes even demons can see the anointing resting on a child of God's life. That's why some folks trouble about how you give God praise now. It's about the anointing that's on your life. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but the devil knows if you ever get to the place where God really wants you to be, you really gonna be a mess to deal with then. And listen, let me throw this in. If you're not dealing with any opposition where you're going, that just means you need to check out the direction in which you've been going in. The first church I pastored, uh, I preached uh, one Sunday on sin. Uh, I preached on the high cost of low living. And afterward, they wanted to tell me. A fellow wanted to tell me he'd been in church 50 years. He didn't sin and he didn't, he hadn't run into the devil in 50 years. He didn't know what I was talking about. I said, man, if you've been in the church 50 years and you never run into the devil, it must mean you and the devil have been running in the same direction. Is that why I had to come to Cornerstone? When you're doing the right thing, you're going to run into some trouble every now and then. Queen of Sheba, beautiful sister, richest woman ever in the world, Hears about this brother named Solomon, who's the richest man ever that lived and known to be the wisest. She visits him, she takes a caravan of things with her, and uh, Queen of Sheba loved flowers. And she had so much money, she could even have fake flowers made of the finest of silk in Africa. And the fake flowers look like real flowers. And so when she goes to Solomon, she says, I I hear you're the wisest man in the world. She said, well, since you're so wise, she said, listen, here's some roses. Here's a bouquet of real roses. And here's a bouquet of fake roses. She says, since you're so wise, you tell me which roses are real. Solomon And all his wisdom says, uh, okay, no problem. He tells his armor bearer to uh, go into the barn and bring out the beehive. 
There you go. That's it. The Queen of Sheba is the richest woman in the world. Yeah. Now, she makes these fabulous flowers. Has fabulous flowers. You can't tell if they're real or fake. Mm -hmm. She hears about Solomon, the wisest man. She takes uh, all the flowers to him. She said, you're the wisest man. He said, well, tell me which ones are real and which ones are fake. He says, no problem. He tells his armor bearer, go to the barn and bring out the beehives. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why bring out the beehives? Bring out the beehives because real bees only sting real flowers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you get those in the minute, man. And sometimes the authenticity of your anointing is indicated by your adversaries. And they wouldn't be trying to sting you if you weren't the real deal. Sometimes your validation is based upon how many haters start flying around you trying to sting you. Am I preaching to anybody in here? And so sometimes the trouble you're having to endure is just indicative of the fact of your anointing. But then listen to what John says as I run on to close. John says, after, after, that's, that, that signifies there's going to be a transition. Yeah, there's a transition. It's indicative of the fact change is taking place. Something's turning in your situation. And don't miss the fact uh, that, 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 that what I went through didn't take me out already. Uh, the enemy may have tried to take you out, but you all turn somebody and just tell them, but I'm still here. Tell them I'm still standing. The devil thought he had me, but Jesus came and grabbed me. Somebody thought divorce was going to destroy you. The loss of that job was going to end you. But the Bible says after. Sometimes you just got to learn how to wait on the after. The Bible says you shall receive power, not before, but after. It was after Jesus had been tempted, angels came and ministered to him. Peter said, not before, but after you've suffered a little while, God will strengthen you. The Bible says, they that wait on the Lord, preach courage, shall renew their strength. Anybody able to say, after all I've been through, I still got joy? So Paul not only experienced incarceration, but he also experienced isolation. Exiled out on this island of Patmos. Uh, uh, away from family and friends. Uh, sometimes when you take the high road, you might have to walk alone every now and then. But it's not until John had isolation that God ends up giving him revelation. Found out there's some stuff you just can't see until some other stuff is out of your way. Isaiah said it was in the years some stuff left me. I was able to see the Lord high and lifted up. Somebody yeah. feel like you've been on your hour of Patmos this past season, but you all tell the Lord thank you anyhow. Yeah. He just getting you ready for your new season yeah. and you just needed some isolation to get yourself together. Yeah. Well, how did John survive all of this? The book of Revelation is not about dragons and beasts and seven-headed monsters and lukewarm saints. You want to understand the book of Revelation, you've got to read chapter 1, verse 1, and read it through that lens. Chapter 1, verse 1 says, the revelation, not of dragons, not of beasts, not of seven-headed demons, but it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, 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 in the week, you might have to deal with some folk that act like dragons. Yeah. You might run into some folk with seven different personalities. Yeah. You might even deal with some folk with some beastly behavior. Yeah. 
But if you keep your eyes and focus on Jesus, uh, it's not about what you're going through. It's about who's bringing you through. And when you get a revelation, it may not change what you're going through, but it'll change you until you're able to get through what you're going through. All right. Oh, you ain't hearing me. If you ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego about that, they would they would tell you they had to go through the fire. Yeah. But the record is they came out not even smelling like the smoke they had been in. Yeah. Anybody here glad you don't have to smell like all the stuff you've been through? Anybody in here been through some stuff, but now you got a testimony. God is able to bring you out. He will open the door. And listen, when he brings you out and when he brings you through the open door, you ought to come out with your hands raised. Not in surrender or defeat, but come out with your hands raised in praise. Matter of fact, when you come in this house on Sunday morning, nobody should have to beg you and prompt you to give God praise. But when you come into this house at Cornerstone, you ought to just think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for you. And your soul won't start crying out, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Is there anybody to know if you give him some praise this morning, won't he open doors for you? Won't he make a way for you? Won't he see you through it? Won't he give you brand new mercy? I said, won't he give you brand new mercy? Won't he give you brand new mercy? You ought to see give him some brand new praise. Are there any brand new praise in this place? Christ in the free part of your sins. <laughs> you need to 